Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Aww, you two are just so sweet together. Thank you, Disembodied Hot Girl Voice. This is uh, Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I am Ernie. And I am Robert. Awesome. So we're back after a little hiatus. This is a special one, right? Oh, yeah. Special hiatus. Well, oh, yeah. It's a special hiatus, but the back is also special. You know what episode it, it is, right? Which episode number is this? This is number 10. <sighs> Who would have ever thought we would make it to 10? Double digits, baby. Double digits. We're, we're making it into the big time or something like that. Well, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Yes. Well, we have 30 followers on our Facebook page, which is nice, and we have a bunch of followers, almost 30 uh, something, on Instagram. So we're getting there. We're getting there, and we have um, already 10 or 11 views on just the last podcast, number nine. So that was pretty sweet. So we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The two. Uh, the two nerd nation is growing. Yay, we have a nation. Well, almost. Small community. Almost a village. Maybe a town. Very small town. Maybe a complex. Ooh, a complex. We could be a complex. We are complex. Huh? Um, so, there's a lot Awful. of... St- <laughs> no, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff going on, and we do have some some re- really good topics to kind of cover what's going on currently, but also what has happened and what part of that hiatus was. Um, some of you were following and to do a little bit of a breakdown of how, how the con went first off. And then uh, to those of to those who didn't, it was the Supercon in Miami. Right, exactly. JLS was there. Uh, Comics Jesse and we and I hung out with him for a little bit. He had a better time than I did. By long shot, met a lot of cool artists and stuff. Um, and then we're gonna get into something we we've um, hinted at in the past. Actually, we never really discussed, which I think you have a particular fondness for, um, which is of course the topic of arch nemesis. Yeah. So we're gonna do a full conversation on personal arch nemeses and i did actually uh post over this weekend uh a little thing to facebook and i had a couple of responses back of there are people out there who have arch nemesis so this is not something that isn't uh not experienced by general populace in real world so there are people who have arch nemeses including ourselves Uh, so we'll talk about that and the third one is something you're particularly excited about i think and uh, i'm I'm going to definitely enjoy the concept and, and enjoy it but you're going to go squee you know fanboy over it which of course is the killing joke um killing joke yeah. yes so you're very very excited that i know and uh, we're going to go be be at the the showing the one day premiere on the 25th um in a local theater if you will so uh, message us if you're going to go uh on any of our media sites and we'll keep open for that um so first and foremost obviously let's start off with the con obviously again as i mentioned a bunch of people were there um it was a pretty it was a pretty weird con though i will have to say there was a lot of cool people there but it just wasn't busy. It just it just wasn't. Well, to give everyone a frame of reference, this was during the uh, July 4th weekend down here in Miami, which um, is always kind of hard to compete with considering where we live. Mm. It's beautiful weather. It was it was a bit on the hot side, uh, like, uh, you know, low 90s, upper 80s. Um, so it was like perfect beach weather, in other words. There wasn't yeah. a lot of, like, bad weather sending people indoors, so to speak. Right. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. And if you if you hadn't done it before, then you kind of would say, Oh, this is great. 
you know, this is a lot, a lot of a lot of famous guests. I mean, um, everybody from the 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 can we call her the hooker with a heart? That would be appropriate, right? Uh, Mariana Bacardi, she, uh, Bicana, Bicarna? I don't remember how you pronounce her last name, but the girl from um, Deadpool was there, and from uh, my my favorite show, Firefly, was there. So, the, I think that's an appropriate language. The consort with a conscience. Um, <laughs> didn't get to see her, but uh, I saw she was there. People were very excited about it. I saw Captain Kirk. He was very busy. Um, he does have a name. It was funny too because out in front of his booth, he had all these books. And all this other material for people to purchase for him to sign. Well, yeah, that's how they make their money, right? That's how well, they make their spending money. Yeah, but it, it was funny because most people just have a little, like, something at their table where they're sitting. He had, like, a whole booth of stuff in front of the area where he was sitting for people to buy before they even went up to see him. So that was well, a little he, uh, bit excessive. Yeah, I mean – those types, I figure, like William Shatner, he's all about selling the William Shatner brand. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you figure he's been, what, in show business since the late 50s, early 60s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. He so, looks good for his age, though. I will give him that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think I don't think he ever was, like, uh, in the news, uh, you know, addicted to the sauce or anything like that. You no, know? no, he kept himself pretty clean, I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he kept himself pretty clean. Uh, Worf was there as well. I actually got to talk to a, a character, the guy who played Worf. He was extremely nice. Um, Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn, yes. Um, very skinny. He lost a ton of weight. Uh, he didn't look like himself. Obviously, without the makeup, he never looks like himself, if you will. But um, we actually talked to him because I don't know if you remember, but that there was rumors of him trying to get his own a new TV show for Star Trek. Kind of an offshoot of uh, Deep Space Nine, a little, like a couple, like six months ago or so. And he was trying to get people intrigued and get some backing for it, but never took off suddenly. So I asked him about it, and he said, because they're new, doing the new Star Trek shows that are going to come out on TV, they kind of veered away from his ideas, which is kind of sad, because I would have liked to see him as a captain again. I thought that would have been cool. Although that might be a, a Netflix show, I'm thinking, like something available on Netflix or Amazon or something like that. But yeah, yeah. I, could, I could I could kind of see how the studio execs were like, okay, we're, we can't go backwards anymore because we just rebooted the franchise. So mm-hmm. let's do something a little different. Now I don't know that the new show is going to take place in the original Star Trek universe, like in the old Star Trek universe, like original generation, or if they're talking new generation, new universe, new ships. I believe that's more the direction they're going, though, right? Yeah, from what I've seen, anyways. So th- that's. That is what it is, and I think it'll be cool, and I think they'll get a following, like most star stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I'm all going to hold that. I'll be looking at it, but it's not available everywhere, right? It's going to be available like only like pay-per-view, some sort of channel or something weird? Well, they're, they're, uh, I, think, I think this is going to be the growing trend uh, where you have like these uh, intellectual properties that have done well, and they're moneymakers. These networks are going to rehash them. They're going to show like a pilot episode on like the free airwaves or cable, whatever. And then you have to purchase the, um, you know, the channel. The, the like they have their uh, digital channel. Right. CBS does. Right. That you have to sign up for, and then you'll be able to get like it's essentially kind of like Netflix in a way where all right. of their content's going to be there on demand in essence that you can just stream and watch whenever. But then, like, the original stuff, like this new Star Trek uh, series, 
will solely be on their uh, digital platform. Right, which is a pain in the butt for the rest of us who aren't really that big of a Star Trek any Star Trek fan to say, oh, I'm going to buy that just for it, and then it it's disappointing. Then you end up having to get out of it, pain in the butt, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's a pain, too much of a pain. Well, I, I'm 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 hoping that you know that other networks don't follow suit, but it it doesn't make sense for them not to. Yeah, because it's shown. I mean, Netflix proved mm-hmm. that people are willing to pay the you know the extra subscription price to stream these things, and nobody who watches shows that they air anymore, anyways. Like live, very few. I mean, it's always yeah. everybody. Nobody has the time to do that, really. I mean, not really, not as much. So it'll be interesting to see what, what ends up happening with it. I mean, again, if it's a price like Netflix, if it's priced at like you know eight dollars a month then nobody's going to bulk too heavy at it. It's like, oh, it's $8 a month. That's not a big deal. But they're going to make their money hand over fist. Yeah. Um, and, of course, one of your favorites was there. I actually got to meet and talk to him for a hot minute, um, Jeremy Bullock. Ah, uh, yes. Um, he's obviously uh, the body double for Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, he's actually had a couple other things, too. Um, he actually was um, Captain Colton. In the Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if you knew that. Really? Yeah. No, I did not. Yeah, he was actually kind of... And the cool thing is, um, he was very personal. It's funny, because I was trying to do a little cosplay this time. I and mean, Anyone who saw the videos of me at Con may have noticed um, I had some punky rock-type pieces on. Nothing too fancy. But um, I put a fake tattoo on my head. Just for the, you know, just for poops and giggles. And a lot of people thought it was real, which was funny in of itself. Um, but Jeremy Bullock actually commented he was like is that that looks like a gunshot wound at first that's a tattoo dang man and i was like it was pretty funny so it was one of those little <laughs> con moments you get which was pretty cool there was a lot of there's a lot of voice actors but there there always are i mean at these things a lot of animated and anime uh actors um biggest one that you would know is uh, the voice of bart simpson was there uh nancy cartwright yep nancy cartwright so she oh, no, was no, no. You, bart simpson right yeah Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nancy Cartwright. Yeah, yeah you're right. You, you're right. Don't don't second yeah. guess yourself. You're I got good. I got her confused with Yardley Smith, which is the voice uh, of Lisa. Yes, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, but she did a lot of characters. She did um, Rugrats too, and she did the little girl from um, what was it? Uh, not Pink. I'm gonna call it the Animaniacs. The Animaniacs show from back in the day. So she did a couple of voices. Oh yeah. So she was fun. I didn't get it to see her sadly. The other one I I actually got to meet and talk with. Um, was um, Emilio. And uh, you'll know Emilio, if you will, Delgado, um, from Sesame Street. Nice! Yeah, I got to talk to him a little bit. He's on a side booth. He was talking to a few people, had a couple of books and stuff. And he was and he was interesting to talk to because we talked about the retro, the, the good old days. Because he was, he aged. I mean, he's like, when you look at him, like, holy mackerel, dude. Holy mackerel. How long ago like, was how this many? show? <laughs> yeah, how many are left from that cast is the um, other question. Not many. I think Maria's still on the show, I think, but I don't know. I haven't seen it. And then he was he was kinda he kinda made this little shrug face when I said, you know, it's so weird that HBO's getting Sesame Street of all things. You know. Um but, Well, yeah, that's probably a sore subject for him, right? I'm sure it is. So we talked for a hot minute, but he was he had he he was pretty busy, which is kinda fun. You know, 'cause it's nice yeah. to see those guys get um um a little popular a little busy since they're kind of weird offshoot characters 
And then um, I talked to Catelyn Glass, who you may not know, but she's an anime voiceover actress. Um, she did uh, voices of uh, for Full Metal Alchemist, and she did uh, one of my son's favorite, which is Attack on Titans. Um, and she was actually very – the problem with her, she had the longest line of everybody in con. And not because it was long, but because she literally spent 10, 15 minutes with each person talking to them. So Given that very one-on-one. Personal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody got the one-on-one. It was really cool, but I was like – she ended up being the longest line because of that. So that was a lot of fun. But overall, I mean we ran our booth, and we got a few people um, you know, to help us out and to do stuff with us. And it was it was cool that there were a lot of cosplayers and a lot of um, pics that I took. If you guys look on our YouTube page, there's some video on there um, and some other things. Um, those are all the people I met. Now, I know that um, there were a lot of people that Jesse got to meet that I didn't. Um, one, of the, one of the really strange things that I saw, and this was this was kind of weird. So you figure it's a Star Trek. It's a reunion. It's been, it's been going for so long. Only person who was busy was Shatner, and I saw Shatner. Walter uh, Koenig, I think is how you say it. Yeah, Koenig. Okay. Yeah, Koenig. First off, holy mackerel! You don't realize how old a show is until you see the actors. And I mean, he looks good for his age, but he's like, you know, again, another. It's like, wow, how old am I? Um, but and he was the youngest of the crew. And he was the youngest. Yeah, you're right. But he had literally nobody. Nobody. I was like, it's Chekhov. It's Chekhov. And I was on the line for Catelyn Glass, which was right next to him. And she was mm-hmm. like, you know, long line. Everybody's waiting and doing their thing. Nothing for poor Chekhov. I was like, what the heck is going on with this world? When did that happen? It, it's a shame because, you know, when I think of Chekhov, I know people think of the show. Always think of the show, right? Mm-hmm. I think of Chekhov, and I remember Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Of course, right, yeah. Yeah, so so to me, I think by far that was his best role in the Star Trek verse. Mm-hmm. You know, to me that that to me that's the best movie of the bunch. Best... I know people put I know people put four up there, but that's the most non-Star Trek of all the Star Trek movies. It has uh, a whale in it, right? Oh yeah, the, with the space poop. It you know, has the best line though from Chekhov. <sighs> we need to get through a Mookie the weapon. <laughs> Uh, we're looking for your nuclear Wessels. Wessels, yes. Nuclear Wessels. That's and the awesome. cops just staring that's, at him. Yeah. yeah, that's a great... Um, I'm sorry, that's a great line. I don't care. Well, Maybe only, You're only, right, only though. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I agree 100%. It was the least Star Trek of all the Star Treks, but it was fun as hell. I enjoyed it because it was just fun. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, but the whole it, thing, isn't it, that it's the odd number ones that were... Oh, the first one good. was. Oh, the first one was. I, I I remember when the first one came out, and I remember the excitement like of seeing them like in the big screen, and mm-hmm. I would just remember watching it in the movies and mm-hmm. just it being so long. Now right. keep in mind, but you know, you fast forward to present day. I've heard every commentary, everything about it, and the funniest line I ever heard. I don't know who did it, but they said. Star Trek 1, that very first one, the motion picture, should have just been called Star Trek, Look at the Ship. <laughs> look at the ship, look at the ship. Like, there's literally yeah. 40 minutes of just us looking at the Enterprise. Right. 
Right, that's funny. Look at this shit. Look at this. So I went back and watched it because I'm a glutton for punishment. And sure enough, man, like there's 40 minutes of just like really like tight, wide shots, tight shots. You know, you can see the little panels. You can see like the little lights coming out of the model of the Enterprise and everything. And you're like, that's really cool. Yeah, it was a cool ship. Uh, I mean, they did yeah. well for the time frame, and they got a lot of close-ups with the that model. I mean, and that's something that you had mentioned to me the other day was um, what rich boys do. You know, the rich boys. Oh yes, what fanboys buy? Yeah, they with deep pockets. Yeah, and I bet uh, you that would be something with the real little working lines. I know it has to exist. Well, segue to you know uh, um, a man who always gets all, uh, as, as much press as anyone can handle, Bill Gates. Mm. He he purchased the uh, Enterprise D from the Next Generation. Right, right. Like I remember auction. that. Right. Yes, yes. And that thing's like uh, eight feet around or something ridiculous like that. It's a full scale. But he paid like like uh, two and a quarter mil or something like that for it. Did you see the? Yeah, and you saw the movie about Bill Gates, right? No. Oh, you didn't? Oh, it's good. It actually was a, a decent little story. I saw it. I, I think I saw it on like a History Channel or something random. Um, but ta- it's another segue because it's a perfect segue. He had an arch nemesis, the the guy who created um, IBM. Oh, you mean the the guys who ran IBM? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The two of them going at it against each other. That was pretty crazy. I mean, you know, it's like IBM is like, we got something new and. You know, Bill's like, well, I got something better, and back and forth and back and forth. I mean, we know who won that battle, but still, that was yeah, pretty. True, huh? It's pretty crazy. So, I guess that's the segue, right? Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Segways are weird. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's trademark, so hopefully we don't get sued. There you don't go. sue us. We have nothing. We have nothing. <laughs> we have nothing. We have nothing. So segues. Um, no, the biggest, the biggest thing though, to wrap up the whole con thing is. It was a good con. It wasn't a great con. Just it, there was a lot of things going on, a lot of construction and stuff, so it wasn't as busy as it um, could have been. Uh, but there are a lot of really good cosplays. There's pictures. Um, JLS Comics has a great video of a lot of the cosplays at our booth, actually. Um, and um, we, you know, he made, wrote up a piece in uh, one of the uh, I don't remember the name of it, but he does articles um, for certain uh, online magazines. And he actually mentioned uh, Owl's Treasures in the article, so that was really nice. nice. Yeah, it was it was really nice of him to do that. Um, so that was it was it was a good con, not a great con, but I'd love to um, get to maybe next year we can hope to both be um, at con and um, you know make our our names out there and in a big way for the um, breaking out or the coming out of Two Nerds and a Joke live to the general populace. That would be really cool. Yes, it would. So all right, so. Arch nemesize. Arch nemesize, is that the plural? That should be the plural. May is not it? be the plural. I don't know. Maybe we should have looked that up. Yeah, maybe. But it doesn't matter. All right. So, arch nemesis in real life. And again, I posted this to Facebook, got a couple of responses. And people sometimes come across these people in their lives that they may not want in their lives, but are there. And for one reason or another, they become their arch nemesis for whatever reason. Whether they. You know, they're the guy who is your friend who took your girl, or whether it's um, they just made your life miserable and wouldn't literally go away, or whatever it might be. Well, and let's let's be clear. Like the 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 term arch nemesis. You know, as a kid, you know, you always you always get a clear delineation. 
all right, the good guy wears white, the bad guy wears black. All right, right. he's wearing black, he must be the black guy. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, the... The cowboy hats. You know, he wants to do something. Like, he, he's always got this plan, he's always got this plot. The reason why he's evil is because he wants this, you know, he wants money or whatever. And then there's some arch nemesis which I think are more true to life, and uh, you and I discussed this when we were talking about The Flash. Mm-hmm. The TV show where... In the first season, it, you know, he uh, Flash uh, finally discovers it's Reverse Flash that's behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he basically asks him, you know, well, why are we enemies? He goes, it, it doesn't matter. Right, right. You know what and- I mean? That, 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 that struck a chord with me. It's like, you know, when you think about it, you're like, wow, why was this guy such a jerk to me? Or why was this guy just such a dick? Right. And you try to find out the reason to justify it, but then you just realize it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, and that and that is a very good valid uh, point. Their arch nemesis, in its true definition, going by what you say and what I believe is true as well, is different than an enemy. Um, in that, an enemy is someone who's doing bad things in the world, and you're trying to stop them. An arch nemesis right. may not be doing evil in the world as their purpose, but it happens just because. But their real focus is to destroy you. And there's different, and you can think of, think of it a different way. Like, for example, you take, like, Lex Luthor and Superman. Lex Luthor yeah. kind of started out as just a general bad guy. Well, well. That turned into an arch nemesis. I mean, it depends it, on which it, universe. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah, because I, I read a Superboy comic when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and Lex Luthor was a super smart, brainy kid in Smallville, and Clark Kent was in Smallville also. And kind of Clark Kent was like the, you know, he was the cutesy boy, you know, the aw shucks type of kid. Mm-hmm. And Lex Luthor was this brainy kid that nobody liked. And then one day he's doing an experiment and Superboy does something and he ends up losing his hair. Mm. And then he vows like vengeance against Superboy slash Superman. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, a lot of the stories that have the two of them in it are kind of that genre of they just don't like each other even the new movie as much as you yeah. don't like lex luther in the new movie I, I have a soft spot for him he doesn't have a why he just doesn't like superman he doesn't like him period yes there is no yes. why it, it doesn't matter because you don't want to what is it someone told me i believe it was a common co-worker i don't want to say his name but he does like our payroll mm. oh yes 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 and he, <laughs> yes don't want to say his name without his permission yes but he's a cool guy <laughs> but, Yes, cool guy. Um, great wealth of knowledge when it comes to fictional characters that we discuss. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that uh, that he mentioned was, you know what? Um, one of the things uh, that he kind of steers away from are stories where you where you where they make you feel bad for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of like that. I mean, like, okay, if you look at Magneto, for example. And Xavier, because that's really where the arch nemesis place comes in. I mean, they'll say, then you use the arch enemies of all Whoa. the X-Men, but, but look at the Aren't movies. really arch enemies, though? Like, is Professor X and Magneto really, like, at odds? Aren't they just the same person? they just trying to get to different means? And that's kind of where they fall against each other. And, and if you remember in the original movies, like the first or second one, it's like it, – and it's, they kind of hint at it in other places. It's like I'm, I'm always going to try and make mutants their own world and, and destroy humanity. And Professor Xavier turns to him and says, and I'll always be there to stop you. 
I don't know. Is that more yeah. frenemies then? I guess. I mean, you that's a fine line. Nemesis. Yeah. Okay. Cause not, it, yeah. Because to me, the arch nemesis would be like Reverse Flash and Flash. Okay. It's kind of like, why are we enemies? It doesn't matter. We just are. You know, that to me is an arch nemesis because pure. You can't you can't reason with them. Right. Even if you try to help him, even if you save his life, the next time, the next chance he gets, he's going to try to put a, a knife in your back. Right. Would you consider like Green Goblin and Spider Man then arch nemesis because of that, or is that friend turned enemy? Well, it depends on which story you look. Because once again, you run into the whole like Peter Parker creating the Green Goblin or the Green Goblin creating Peter Parker. You know, it's one of those things. Very yeah, because they had the com- the company was the people that had the uh, from company was one who created Spider Man because they had the spiders they're experimenting with, and then the Green Goblin came about yep. because Spider Man blah blah blah, which most of them yeah. kind of revolve around in some form or fashion. Um, but again. Are they a true arch nemesis of each other? Is that do they fit the criteria? The criteria is, according to you, according to what we're talking here, is they hate each other just because. I would say I would, I, think, say Doc, I would say Doc Ock is more his arch nemesis than Green Goblin. Because he hates him because of who he's Yeah, he just he just hates him because he hates him. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I I, I can see that. All right, so let's go a little, let's go a little more would, random. Yeah, let's let's go a little bit more random. Go ahead. All right, so let's let's go into the book genre because there's lots of things in books, and we have to shout out um, to our book people. Now here's a crossover one, and this is, I think, close to that pure arc nemesis, Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Yes, that's pure hatred. There is yeah, because no, there's no reason for Captain Hook to stay in Neverland except his hatred toward. Peter Pan. And he states as much. In yeah. every, I mean, there's so many different movie book variants, it doesn't matter anymore. Did you see the new one? No, I did not see the last one. Was Hugh Jackman? No. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. And, I was wondering I, if it was good. And I did that out of pure principle, to be but, honest with you. What do you mean? You don't like Hugh Jackman? Well, well no, 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 no. no <laughs> I, believe, I, I believe thoroughly that um, without Peter Pan, I don't think we would have um, this many stories coming out of Disney. Mm. Let's put it that way. Okay. I think a lot of this. I, I, I think um, Peter Pan kind of like, uh, like the whole concept of that whole story kind of like morphed down into different branches. You have the fairies. Mm-hmm. You have Peter Pan himself. You have like the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. You have all of that stuff. And to me, like the original story to me is still the best one. Oh, and yeah. I know it may not, it may not be PC because you know the whole. Indian thing, you know, everyone's pretty sensitive about that, but... Yeah, yeah, uh, which is fair. Yeah, as a kid, I like the story, you know, and Mm -hmm. as an adult, I go back and look at it, and I like it as well, you know, I still like it. Still classic, I mean... But yeah, the the last live-action Peter Pan-esque movie that I liked was Hook, with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. I was was just about to ask that. Yeah, I agree, and I like the... You know which one I like, though? And I know a lot of people are up in the air about the universal live-action Peter Pan. I like okay, that I remember one. that one. Yes, yes, I remember that dark, one. Dark, dark yeah. version. Yeah, but, but it was darker. Good. Yeah, it was darker. And the cool thing is, of course, was that it was the father playing Hook, and playing the father in that. So kind of has this weird kind of surreal. Is the father really a bad guy in real life? Is that kind of why he's the bad guy in the alternate reality, quote unquote? And Peter Pan representing youth, so is he the enemy of youth because he acts that way in the real world? It's kind of a weird, if you kind of look at it in in that angle, it's kind of like a weird kind of, wow, that's kind of a cross-same story, but reality, unreality. I mean, the same thing they kind of do with the Alice movies to 
the original ones, not oh, the new yeah. ones. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of taking a real world, fantasizing the real world concept. I think that's kind of cool. You know, it's like which is real and kind of thing. So that's kind of exciting. Now, and you know, now you know. Oddly enough, one of the things that I don't think has an arch enemy or arch enemy like construct is Star Wars. Hmm. Well, mm, I mean, you have the overarching enemies, but I don't think they're arch enemy. Oh, okay, but you could say like, I mean, I know you don't like you don't you talk the say, original trilogy, but Darth Maul you, is the you, arch nemesis, arch nemesis for half a second of. Um, our our dear friend Obi Wan, yeah, but, but only for like half a heartbeat because he kills his men. You know they have their right there and there, and then he kills him, and it's kind of over. Short lived arch nemesis. Well, that's a, that's a whole Sith Jedi thing. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? The overarching. Yeah, that's Sith and Jedi. Like yeah. you can't like Sith and Jedi can never team up. Right, right. It's, it, they're they're enemies, and they are on the opposite side, and those are bad guy versus good guy. It's more of a classic bad guy versus good guy, going back to the black right. black hats of like old cowboys days yeah. yeah so i mean how do you know who the bad guy is look for the look for the guy in the black hat right exactly yeah. exactly oh here's a funny one inspector gadget ah dr claw which we yes. never found out who he was yes does that count was, as just a bad guy or does that actually count as an arch nemesis well remember dr claw wasn't necessarily going after gadget it was like Correct. Dr. claw was trying to do something like he tried to do something crazy to topple the world or the government stuff like that right and and inspector gadget would and it wasn't even him it was penny (laughs) true yeah well penny Penny was the real hero of that show i mean let's not fool ourselves yeah yeah Yeah. oh and you mentioned this and you mentioned this earlier actually um con oh yes yeah so you have in star trek once again you 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 try to fit that whole who's arch enemy of what Mm -hmm. who and then you have the um, you have the question: Is Captain Kirk's arch nemesis Khan? Mm-hmm. I I say no. Right, because there is someone worse than Khan for Kirk. As as, as much yeah. as Kirk is foiled by Khan, he's like Khan. Got it. Classic, obviously. But you say what? I say I say the guy who killed his son. Right. Which what do you even remember who that person is? I know it was a Klingon. I, I knew that much. Yeah, he was a he was a rogue captain of the Klingon Federation. I I believe, if I'm right. not mistaken. But he took something Kirk, from him, you know, and that's that's really the big thing. Yeah, he he he, he cut him deep. He basically yeah, and even then, that's still a flimsy story. Like like that was the search for Spock, which was mm-hmm. which was three, mm. which I thought was good or at least decent. Yeah. Yeah, it was decent. It was I mean, decent. Like, I mean, of the odd number ones, that's probably the better of them. Mm-hmm. Because we don't talk about five. <sighs> and um, why not? Why not? Oh god, that was just awful. Like they're on ATVs. Like how can you be? <laughs> and then the new Star Trek, they're on dirt bikes. So it, it, there it goes. I don't like, know. I'm gonna save judgment <sighs> until I see it. I'm gonna save judgment until I see it. So be it. So, <laughs> but to me, it'd be Wrath of Khan. Right. Then it would be the Undiscovered Country, which I think was an excellent story. Um, yeah. Written that by was the same good. guy. Right. Written by the written by the same guy. Which again. Uh, who got who, who got shafted the first go round because apparently what he said was the original title of Star Trek, the second movie was going to be the Undiscovered Country mm-hmm. because the Wrath of Khan really wasn't the Wrath of Khan. It was more or less 
about them dealing with death. Like mm-hmm. in all the Star Trek episodes and all the Star Trek movies up to that point, anyways, the the main characters of Star Trek never had to face death. Right. Which again is typical of most TV shows until more recently, where they started changing that formula. Formula like Game of Thrones, like um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, where the formulas change. They're like, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna make you love them, and then we're gonna kill them. See how you like yeah. that, you stupid viewers. And you'll still come unless back for more. Unless you you're Daryl. <laughs> unless you're Daryl, well, who is like the modern day Boba Fett. He has yeah. no dialogue. <laughs> he has the least amount of screen time, but he's the number one selling property of that franchise. Yeah, yeah. Like anything mm-hmm. Daryl imaged or Daryl related is um, yeah. outsells the others at least seven to one. Yeah, easily. Now if they kill him off. I mean, the whole world might stop. <laughs> oh, dude! Have you seen they they even spawned like a like a like a show just for him? But it's the actor. Have you seen it? No. What is it called? I haven't it, heard of. It, it it's uh, riding with Norman Reedus, and it's essentially him like during his downtime riding his motorcycle around the country, just meeting average people doing average things. Of course, unfortunately for him, he's so recognizable. That there is no such like, thing. Uh, yeah, there's no such thing. So, like, uh, it's funny. I hate to, like, plug a, uh, another show, but it, it is an interesting watch. The last episode, That's funny. he he had a friend of his who was a guitarist in uh, in a couple bands. Like, he's won a couple Grammys, that type of stuff. He's he's really rich, really well off, and he's a respected musician, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're friends, and they decide mm-hmm. they're going to hop on two motorcycles, and they're just going to go cruise down to, uh, to New Orleans. So mm. they're leaving Atlanta to drive to New Orleans where... Uh, you know, the actor who plays Daryl Norman Reedus, he, he he spends the majority of his time in his life. Right, right. So he gets away from there, and he goes down there. Now, mind you, of course, like, they can't even walk around New Orleans without getting stopped. Right. Because people are like, oh, it's Daryl, 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 you know, so. <sighs> it, it's not quite him interacting with normal people in the regular sense of it. But it's kind of cool that he's a bike rider in real life, and he kind of has that, a, a chunk of that character is really him. And I think that's really what makes a character likable is not so much who, you know, what they are in the actual movie, TV show or whatever, but really more, do they play it with heart? Are they believable? Are the, is it, could you really see that person existing in the real world down to earth? And not that, and again, like the main character, what's his name? I can't think of it with cowboy hat, the sheriff, Rick, Rick, if you will. You can see here that that person sort of existing in the real world. They're kind of too too altruistic for you to like. Mm. I mean, I know he's gotten darker in later episodes. I've seen it. I haven't seen all of them, but yeah, okay, fine, yeah. But I don't. I can't relate to that as well. You know what I'm saying? Well, Everybody loves a bad boy. It. Everybody yeah, loves a then, bad boy. Plus, then you had him killing his best friend, who ultimately wanted him dead because you know he, he realized there was this guy's gonna end up killing him for his wife mm-hmm. because like this guy was so envious of, envious of him at one point that he actually tried to kill him his best friend and that whole arch nemesis thing so i think that maybe does that count then? you know yeah i i think that counts because okay. there was there was no reason why you know what i mean other than the fact of like like there he is he's like in in a hospital bed, he wakes up and his first instinct is to find his family. Yeah. He finds his family, and sure yeah. enough, it's his best friend who's mm-hmm. been like protecting him. But the reason why is because his best friend's always been so envious of him. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. so like 
he saw an opportunity and he took it essentially. Uh-huh. And he yeah. thought like his world was was perfect, even though I don't know how you could call it a perfect world when well. the dead are walking <laughs> among you. Oh, bump, but um, bump. Thank you, thank you. Nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point uh, though. But I mean, that's and that's kind of it. And I think the definition is there. I mean, like just to hate someone. For the sake of not either jealousy, as you mentioned, just because of who they are. Now, if you do bad things as well to the rest of the world, then you're kind of an arch nemesis plus bad guy. But just a pure... You become a villain. Then you become a villain, right. But if you're just an arch nemesis, you don't necessarily need to be a bad person. And there's not too many stories, and we've mentioned a few of them here, that are really just true arch nemesis which they just don't like each other, but neither of them are bad people. Like, I, I almost feel that like, Captain Hook could fall quasi into that category. All his plots and ploys are to get Peter Pan. He's not hurting people just to hurt them, you know, as much. Well, but a pure, considering the definition of a, of a pirate, you know, they weren't really the nicest of well, no, warmest of people. No, they weren't, like, you know, kings among men, but, you know, as far as it goes... <laughs> But I, that's that's interesting because it's, it's an interesting variant. We'll have to look and see if uh, the stuff that's coming up because there is a lot of stuff coming up. If that arch nemesis stuff comes out, if we can find some new, some modern day arch nemeses that are neither ones are bad people, they don't do bad things outside of trying to get to each other. Right. That's a pure arch nemesis, which would be fascinating to to see as a show. I think that'd be a great story. Um, to really see, and you see some of that in small films and stuff, but not really big names, you know, and that'd be interesting to see. And if, and if our callers and listeners, callers, we like to have callers, but our listeners, uh, and watchers on YouTube and et cetera, can leave some comments on their thoughts on this topic. That would be really sweet, um, to see what they, if they come up with other things that we haven't mentioned here. Cause I know I, at least from, from one of our listeners is like, you didn't say this. You should have. I was yelling. I was like, okay. All right. Well, you know, that's what comments are for. That's what our comments are yeah. for. Um, but I think we covered it fully. Anything else you wanted to add to this arch nemesis before we move on to the last topic? Um, no. Um, as far as uh, arch nemesis, unfortunately, even the nicest of people, they get they have arch nemesis for whatever the reason is. Don't know why it is, but it's just uh, I think it's just a thing of life. And mm-hmm. and one thing I've learned is that there's a, a point where you can dwell on the fact that you have an arch nemesis. Right. Or, and and it'll totally consume you, and then mm-hmm. you become no better than that person, which is it, what I say. What happened in BVS? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right. Yeah, that's that's very strong point there too. Because if all you, you know, do is you, become obsessed with them, then are you any better than they are? Yeah. That's that's strong. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thank thank you for that. I appreciate that. Well, every now and then I can I can get a little deep. I'm not all you know, just fluffing the, uh, the yeah, the nerd, the comic relief, you know, the introspective. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that, and that's and that's a key thing. And I would love to see. I know it doesn't need to be brand name, but I'd love to see if someone knows out there of a story where it's just who's the good guy, who's the good guy here, and I think you'd have to almost go away from characters we know. Because both of them are so obsessed with just destroying the other one. I almost want to say for a hot minute, like um, Captain Jack Sparrow and um, Captain Barbosa um, in that in the, in the first one, where they're both zombie creatures. 
It's like okay. they, they're they just hate each other, and they're not at that moment hurting anyone else, but the, the eternal battle. No one wins, kind of thing. You know, um, that would be a great story, I think, to to, to play out somewhere. But speaking of great stories. You like that? You like that? Come on. I like that. You like that? That's good. That was uh, better than the last one. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I do try. Um, we have something very exciting coming up, and I know you're fanboying. I think it's going to be enjoyable, um, but that is on the 25th of this month, the Batman The Killing Joke is coming out for a one-time release in theaters. It's a Fathom event, and uh, obviously then uh, it's going to come out on Blu-ray and DVD after. Right. Now, the original and comic what, is from when? It, oh, 1989, I want to say, the original it, story came out? Yeah, I think it was 88 or 89, yep. Yeah, you're right. And for you, this it is a big deal. Also, Why is this a big deal for you? Because that's the important thing. All right. For, for me, it was a big deal because that all the book came out, uh, you know, surely after Dark Knight. Dark Knight came first, mm-hmm. and then Batman 89 came out, and then, and then um, you know, that whole movie... Well, looking back on it now, 20-plus years later, it it is a bit over the top. It's a little bit campy. Just but a touch. At the, time, at the time, though, remember, we were coming off of 60, Batman 66 mm-hmm. and Super Friends Batman, where Batman's, in, you know, with the Super Friends, he's, he's got a smile on his face, he's fighting crimes during the day. Well, we all, we all knew Batman was none of that stuff. Right. The real Batman. Anyways, the right. Batman that I was reading in the comic books, right. he came out at night. He was brooding. Mm-hmm. He was like obsessed about you know, uh, you know, ridding his city of the evil that took away his parents. You mm-hmm. know, he, you know, he alienated like, and the only family he really had was the Butler. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what loved it all comes down to. I, yeah. I, I love I've loved Loyal. every variant of Alfred in every movie that they've done. It's like, oh, yeah. yes, there's a good Alfred. Oh wait, he's a good Alfred. Wait. Another good Alfred. So, lots of good Alfreds. So I love I, that. Yeah, so I watched Batman 89, Tim Burns Batman, and there's mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. Still the best. It's dark. There's people die. Mm-hmm. Um, a little weird at times. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Batman ends up killing the Joker. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if the Batman kills Joker, then there's no more Batman movies. There's no reason for Batman to exist. Mm. Because the way that movie said it was the Joker... Well, the guy, uh, the the criminal who ended up becoming the Joker created Batman, and then Batman ended up creating the Joker, and then Batman ended up killing the Joker. Which is so really, there's no there's no more story left after that. Mm-hmm. Which again is a great for a single movie, but it's not not a concept to build a franchise after. Right. You know, that's a, like, it's a one shot, and you're done. Yeah, and then at the end, you know, they have the bat signal going up, and I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. You know, the first time I, you know, I, I walked out of that theater, I was like, okay, pretty cool. I bought the T-shirts, you know, mm-hmm. like most of American kids did. You know, they were all in black, mm-hmm. and they all had like a single image, like either it was the bat insignia or it was like Batman standing on like the bodies of like these criminals that he had just beat the the pulp out of. But um, but then like this book came out that I kept hearing about in circles, and there was a small little comic book shop right outside of the uh, the gate of the uh, Air Force Base that my parents were stationed at. Now, my hot, my middle school was right outside that gate, and right across the street was the comic book store. So mm-hmm. after baseball practice, I would just walk over there, check out what comic books are, go in the gate, catch the bus to my house, because they always had these shuttle buses that ran inside the base. So 
I went there and I remember the guy talking about him getting this shipment of this brand new book, this Batman book, and that Batman merchandise has like been flying and like he can't even keep it in the store. And he asked me if I wanted, but like at the time it was like, uh, I want to say the book itself was around uh, $12.95, $13.95, something like that. And I was like, yeah, if I bought a comic book for like more than 10 bucks, my parents are going to kill me. So I basically put it off. How would I have known that that was the first run of The Killing Joke? Mm. Which would have been worth a small little fortune now because apparently those are very hard to find. Yeah. 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 So um, he was, you know, he was talking to this other guy that was in the store and he was saying, yeah, ever since the movie came out, like you can't keep stuff on the shelves, like anything Batman related. Of course. Um, so the comic books were flying off. He had like some older comics, two detectives that were selling. I, I never bothered because that incarnation of Batman never really interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he started talking about this this book, and I flipped through a couple pages of it. And I was like, oh, you know, it's thirteen dollars. Which, really which wanna... these days, that's not that's like a good price for a graphic novel because it was a graphic novel. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Which is a great it, price, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, well, you know what? It's thirteen bucks. Uh, you know, I know I'll catch heck if I like, you know, bought a comic book for like thirteen bucks because you know. You just didn't do that back then. You didn't pay 13 bucks for a comic book. You paid 75 cents, a buck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, nah, that's okay. I'll skip. And he goes, are you sure? He goes, I only have like maybe, you know, a few copies of these. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe another time I'll come back. So how would I have ever known that that was like the first run of The Killing Joke? Right. Which would be like worth a small fortune now. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that that book would be worth a small fortune right now. No, I wouldn't be able to retire from it, but it'd be worth a small fortune. Would it? I, I don't even know how much. I mean, I'm sure it would be worth a lot considering how how yeah. dark it was. Yeah, I mean, at the time you just didn't see stuff like that. I mean, you saw some stuff like in the like I said in the Dark Knight, right? Which probably would have been like by today's standards probably a little bit better. Yeah, but still, it would still have been. Dark. It, it, the funny thing is, is it doesn't matter what day and age. Dark is still dark. I mean, it's still yeah. inappropriate. It's just, you know, how many people are, are crazy enough to have their kids go see Deadpool? You know, I mean, sorry, it's still too. And it's not that bad, but it's just bad enough. It's just like no, you know, below a certain age, they can wait. They don't need to see it that badly. It's just a movie, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, you know, and then of course, you know, the the Schumacher films came out and. We got even further and further away from the Dark Knight and Tim Burton's, like, you know, the dark, brooding Batman. And it became more comical, more, more mainstream, you know. And you know, you, you know, as as the after that book came out, The Killing Joke, like, you really didn't hear much about. It. Like, you heard about it. It won a couple prizes. It ended up on the New York Times bestseller list for a while, and then it kind of faded away because all these crappy Schumachers versions of batman came out right kind now, of ruined those it. Made, yeah those movies made a lot of money but well they were the only thing superhero even remotely superhero related we even had right i mean there really wasn't anything superhero-y going on yeah and, and the thing is that with each one of those movies came out like the previous made it look so good oh yeah you, you know the trailers they they did a number on me like i just remember being excited about batman and robin and mm-hmm. what a failure that one was. Oh, God. And then, and then that the last of the Schumacher ones, 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, I did like the I Riddler, forgot, though. I liked yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey as Riddler. That was, that was the best part of that whole movie. It was just him being the yeah. Riddler. I was like, yeah, that's the Riddler. The rest of it was crap, but him as the Riddler was cool. Yeah, because you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you had Two-Face, which was up until that point a minor character. Yeah. But but the thing was, was that if you were a fan of Batman the Animated Series, which was going on at the exact same time as these movies, mm-hmm. the animated series was actually better oh, yeah. than the movies. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But that was the original, the classic, the weird very chiseled look, very angular animation style stuff that I absolutely love that series. Yes. I mean, by far, I'm glad they stopped when they did. Mm-hmm. They, it didn't jump the shark. Right. It was kind of like, you know what? We've taken this as far as we could. We're moving on to other things. And those guys moved on to like other things and boy, did they ever. Mm-hmm. But when you, when, if you were to ever like see them at like a con or anything else, like one of the things they always mention with like pure reverence is that animated series and oh, yeah. what and that series to me defined Batman what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And again, Batman's supposed to be dark and supposed to deal with psychological issues, but it's like it's like we were talking about today, um, me and the girl were talking today about if you do something long enough, eventually you're going to have to go back and rehash stories and when do you lose your audience? How many new stories can you come up with? And you gotta kind of go with the angle on that is is there a new idea under the sun and no to certain extent there's not but if there's a story that's just so good it bears repeating if you will which i think is what the killing joke is it's the classic struggle of batman versus the joker the ultimate if you will arch nemesis you know and it's always a joker doing elaborate schemes you know if you go back to the the harley quinn uh, Mad Love or any of them where he's trying desperately to kill Batman in a special way and if Harley right, comes in not... or anyone comes in and tries to do it, he's like, no, I have to do it my way. Your way does not count. Right. I mean, he could have just... That's the thing, like, with the Joker, he's the complete opposite of Batman. Joker is pure chaos. Mm-hmm. So so for him, it's the, it's the whole idea of yeah, I could just easily, like, bust into his bat lair, which he's done a thousand times, wait for him, and just put a bullet in his head. Sure. But what, what's what's the, what's the fun in that? I want there to be chaos. I want it to be so mind, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And then, like, he ends up killing Batman. That's his ultimate, like, goal is the spectacle, you know, the to be known throughout the ages. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when this Killing Joke book came back around again, and, like, I kept hearing about it in the winds, like, they're thinking about bringing Batman back, and, like, the Killing Joke is probably going to make an appearance. I'm like, ooh. And then the Christopher Nolan Batman came out, and I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It was good. The pretty series cool. was good. Yeah, the series was good. Pretty cool. Yeah. Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, that pretty was cool. awesome. Uh, that, that, gave, right. that gave the original Joker run for its money. That gave yeah, the original and, Joker. See, the thing is with the original Joker versus the Keith Ledger Joker, if the original Joker had, if they had stayed away from some of the stupid ideas they had for his grand scheme, like the whole makeup crap, that Joker would have been awesome. But just some of the things are just like so cornball. But the character, the way he, you know, Jack played him, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But just the story was so stupid. That was like, really? Come on, guys. You can do better than this. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh... It was, that's, that's what ruined it for me. And again, 
the character was great. Jack Nicholson was great. Heath Ledger, also great. And I even liked the extended version of V versus S. And I, I think I mentioned that, but I want to make sure to reiterate that here is that was actually much better with the extra hour put back in. I liked it much better than the original version. And it is kind of, if you look at it, as you said once, um, it's like a Batman movie. And I think it's the perfect time now for the killing joke to come back because we're back, as you said, to kind of a Dark Knight variant. Yeah, it, it's that whole like, you know what, this is this is what this is what the character of Batman was for me anyways, watching the animated series, mm-hmm. leading the Dark Knight, you mm-hmm. know, those type of things, you know, yeah. the man with no fear in essence. Yeah. You know, so um, I just, when I heard about the killing joke and then I heard it's going to be animated, that's kind of like, I kind of lost interest a little bit, but then I was like, but Warner brothers does it well. They do. For whatever, whatever reason it may be, they, yeah. they do man okay on the movies right except for the with the exception of the of the nolan trilogy Mm -hmm. because there they were kind of like all right we're stepping aside we're gonna let this kid nolan take over yeah and that was good and that that was was good good. yeah and then it kind of paved the way to these darker ones so now you had like the man of steel come out after that which is a little bit more along the same lines of a gritty like you know, it wasn't like the original Superman movies where Superman makes an appearance and everyone loves him. It was kind of like Superman makes an appearance. They're like, who is this guy? Should we trust him? Right. I don't like him, you know? Yeah. yeah. That type I, of thing. I, I did like the kind of the God God versus man overarching theme, the gods among us, because that, again, you know, hope, darkest hope, if you will, is that, you know, this is an injustice start, which would be freaking oh fantastic. God. Oh, my God. If yeah. it is. Ugh. That'd be I, all, all, drool. I, 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 I will refer to the meme that was sent to my uh, Facebook page the other day where it was uh, Fry from Futurama basically, oh, yeah. you know, holding a fistful of money saying, shut <laughs> take, up and take, take my, my money. money yes. <laughs> shut up and take my money. It would be Dude, fantastic. if they do injustice, yeah. if they do injustice, all yeah. they had to say was, hey, look, you know what? Zack Snyder, he could have solved all this by saying, look, we're releasing Batman versus Superman. It's called Batman. It's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and this is going to be about in the Injustice storyline. Nobody would have had the backlash. Yeah, that they yeah, had. that's a good point. Hell, you could have called it. You could have called it Batman vs Superman: Injustice. Period. Yeah. Leave it alone. Like, or the oh. Dawn of Injustice, or whatever. I was yeah. like, I now it makes sense. sense. Now it makes sense. Yeah, but no, he—it's all about the whole secrecy, and mm-hmm. I'm making this movie to make another movie, so that way I can get your money twice or three times or whatever it is. Which again, we'll take give you our money, but be a little more forthcoming with us. Tell us what you're thinking yeah. here. Tell us your yeah. little—you know—and you can't don't give away everything, but you gotta give us something. I mean, hell, Marvel's keeping lots of secrets, but you know what story they're doing. They may be changing yeah. some things, but you know what they're doing. You know what they're building towards, and you get excited because you're like, oh my god, they're gonna do this. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, and here we're going to build it, and here's how we're building it. You're going to come because you want to see the secrets and little pieces to that bigger story that you love, that you want to yeah, see. Yeah, we're going to make you sit through uh, 110 minutes to watch 18 seconds in the credits that's going to tell you about the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm okay with that. See? As you, as you see, as you said, take my money, damn it. Just take my money. 
<laughs> shut up and take my money. <laughs> I think that's a good place, Denny. Shut up and take our money, as always, for anything nerd-related. Uh, please hit us up on all the local stuff, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, again, we are big. Um, we are going to go doing some live stuff on Twitter here in the future, and we're going to try and do some live. I don't know if we're going to do Facebook, YouTube, or how we're going to do it for The Killing Joke. When we go to the theater, we're going to do a little preview, um, what our opinions or thoughts are before going in, and then how our reactions were after it. Again, we talked about it a little bit here. We're going to definitely talk about it more there on the day of. Um, so, you know, look forward to that. Look forward to seeing a bunch of you out there um, at local theaters. Love to see your reactions as well. I know there's going to be a ton of stuff. Um, we have a lot of other things to talk about. We're going to talk about that in the next one. Um Big thing for me is Rogue One, and we're going to definitely talk about that. Not today, but we are going to talk about that. The new yeah, trailer just released last night. Oh, my God. But again. Yes, and I watched the 8 o'clock special last night on ABC. It's it's the celebration thing, right? Uh, last night it was behind the scenes, Force Awakens behind the scenes footage with the additional uh, behind the scenes of Rogue One trailer last right. night. Yes. Okay. And, and that it is... aired on ABC, and it was amazing. It brought a lot of emotions back. Did you um, see the scene with the flash of the different aliens, just the faces? Yes. Oh my God! Right? Yes. Simply <laughs> amazing. Just, just oh. All right. We'll talk yeah, more take about my that. Money. <laughs> take, gentlemen, take my money. <laughs> we'll talk about that more <laughs> on the next one. Um, and we will get, uh, and, and we need to focus on this next week, Mr. Uh, Ernie. Um, we need to get another walk and talk out there too. We need to get some more yeah. on that. So, all right, guys. And, Ernie, if you'll do us the honors, as always. As always, peace out.